Hey everyone, this is Lynn Bartim, and you are listening to the Apex Hour on KSUU Thunder 91.1. In this show, you get more personal time with the guests who visit Southern Utah University from all over, learning more about their stories and opinions beyond their presentations on stage. We will also give you some new music to listen to and hope to turn you on to some new sounds and new genres. You can find us here every Thursday at 3 p.m. or on the web at seu.edu slash apex. But for now, welcome to this week's show here on Thunder 91.1. Okay, everyone. Well, welcome in. It is fall and we're feeling a little bit of the chill in the air, which is so cool here in Cedar City. And this week we are talking about Cedar City. For this week's Apex event, we were exploring the secrets of Cedar City, um, which means we were getting into the history of the buildings and the stories of the people who lived and made Cedar City great. To join me today, I have Ryan Paul and Wyatt I who uh, have this series that's called Main Street Minutes on YouTube. And we're going to be talking all about their features and their stories and how they put the series together. So welcome into the studio, Ryan and Wyatt. It's great to be here. Yes, thanks for having us. Yay, I'm so happy. I've just been really enjoying learning about Cedar City, what fun it is to kind of learn the history. You know, we we drive around, we see the buildings uh, and wonder kind of where they came from. So just to give everybody a little taste of things, um, uh, we had our dean giving her introductions of you today, but because we're on the radio, I'd love to hear a little, just a bit about your own individual background. So Ryan, we'll start with you. Tell me about yourself. Well, when a man and woman fall in love, <laughs> they, uh, not that far back. Well, it could be, yeah. you never know. <laughs> we only have an hour though. <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah. All right. So, uh, my name's Ryan Paul. I teach history here at the university. I came to Cedar City in 2000, 2001, uh, as the curator at Frontier Homestead State Park. So I went to graduated from Weber State. I went to graduate school at the University of Mississippi and went into public history, uh, taught just the basic history 1700 course here as an adjunct for, I don't know, 15 years, 2004, and recently have moved over full time to the university in the last year or two. I teach uh, American history. I teach public history, the history of the national parks, and Utah history. So. Oh, cool. Well, we are so lucky to have you. Can you tell us just a little bit about the Frontier uh, Museum and, and just kind of what what that is and what that was like? Sure. So Frontier Home used to be called Iron Mission State Park, and it's one of the few heritage parks, which means it's primarily a, a museum versus a recreation site, a a, a reservoir or some such thing. Mm-hmm. So it tells the story. The core mission of the park is to tell the story of the founding of Cedar City. And uh, the big collection began with Gronway Perry, who I'm sure someone will talk about later, mm-hmm. who was a collector of horse-drawn vehicles. And as he was dying, uh, as we talk about community above self, as he was getting ready to die, he really felt strongly that his collection, which had been used in films and te- television, uh, and people wanted it from all over the world, he wanted to keep it together. And so he sold it to the to the Iron County Commission oh. the, for the park at, at cents on the dollar. To keep huh. it together. And eventually that became the core collection of Iron Mission State Park. And then eventually the name was changed to Frontier Homestead. It's six or seven acres. It's an amazing resource for local history and history of the West uh, here in Cedar City. 
Oh, that's great. I didn't really realize the story to it. So thanks for sharing with that. You're very welcome. All right, Wyatt, tell me about yourself. All right, my name is Wyatt Eiler. I am originally from Centerville, Utah. Uh, came down to SUU in the 90s. Woohoo! That's right. <laughs> and uh, ended up sticking around here after a long time trying to figure out what I wanted to study and what I wanted to do. Uh, I graduated with a degree in English and a minor in history. So I do have a connection that way. But uh, for the last many years, I was working as a uh, producer and director, writer and whatnot for an online education company. Oh, really? Uh, and then uh, a year and a half ago, I made a transition to working in the tourism industry. So I work for uh, Visit Cedar City Bryanhead. I am the media manager. And so uh, that name kind of implies that I work with, you know, the, the media around, you know, the people. But no, I actually work with the physical media. I work with video. I work with photos right. and, and all that kind of stuff. So that's what, uh, that's what I get to do. And that's my connection to the Main Street Minutes product. That's so cool. Tell me a little bit more about the about this tourism bureau and and kind of what it does and what it offers. So our mission, um, quite simply, is to you know entreat people to come and experience the things that Cedar City has to offer. Cedar City and broader Iron County, um, you know, the official name is Visit Cedar City Bryanhead, and so we. Oh right! Uh, um, I guess I never thought of that. Yeah. And, you know, but that encompasses the entire county and we have the opportunity to, you know, showcase the events, you know, whether it's Shakespeare Festival, whether it's uh, summer games or things of that nature. Um, but we also get to talk about the things that are you know, the farm industry that we have here and the local right. farms. We've got a lot of, uh, you know, Main Street Minutes falls into this category, but historical tourism. Um, and of course, we have incredible outdoors yes. uh, here in, in Iron County. Yeah, cool. And we've been talking about you have such a great speaking voice, but you also sing as well. I do indeed. <laughs> uh, I have had an opportunity. I uh, when I was here at SUU, I sang with both concert choir and opus. Uh -huh. And during that time, I started. I was one of the founding members. I wasn't the starting guy, but one of the founding members of a acapella quintet called the Simple Men. And uh, last year we got together after not having sung for 15 years. Wow. And sung together. But uh, right now I get to sit the opportunity to sing with my wife in a community choir, the Red Rock Singers. And oh, so, cool. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, you are very active in the community. And it seems to me like you could just do anything. I feel like uh, you're the type of person I could say, Wyatt, I need to figure out how to do this. And you absolutely could have knowledge and show me how. So I, I mentioned that I uh, you know, had a difficult time deciding what my major was going to be. And I went through numerous, and but I was most committed to engineering oh, and wow. was actually nearly complete with my pre-engineering degree here at SU when I decided I should not do that anymore and become an English major. Oh, wow. And, you know, it was the best choice I could have made. Uh-huh. And um, I talk a lot with Todd Peterson about this idea of that an English degree degree is a degree to do anything. Yeah. And, um, and Ryan and I were talking about this just the other day that uh, what what an English and history degree really teach you is how to learn, how to study, how to interpret. And so when I worked for the the educational company I worked for, I mean, we'd have products come through. Oh, here, Photoshop. You know, here's stuff on programming in Java. And I took the opportunity to go ahead and say, well, all right, well, if I'm going to get paid to do this, may as well learn how to do it. Yeah, I love that. And I, that's just such a great way to kind of open our conversation to talk about, you know, the great experiences that we can have in the context of not just our town, but also our university and just the learning and sharing. So let's get into Main Street Minutes. What is Main Street Minutes? All right, Ryan, jump in. So Main Street Minutes <laughs> is a it's a partnership between the university and the Tourism Bureau, and it's been in the 
the hopper for a long time. Essentially, we had thought about telling the stories of community in forms of architecture. So originally it was this idea that we would go to these buildings on Main Street and use them as the focal point to tell a broader story of community, to tell a human story. And so what we did is I had done a lot of work with my time at Frontier Homestead as as a public historian to do some research, and I really borrowed and maybe even stole a little bit from Janet Segmiller's book, which is phenomenal about the history of Iron County and and other resources to begin crafting these stories. And then we had lots of content, cut them down, and with Wyatt's amazing talent, we're able to create these short three to four minute video segments that are a distillation of all of this other stuff we'd found. That's so great. And they're widely available on YouTube and they are supported and funded primarily through the Tourism Bureau. Correct. That's so great. And so you have season one. We'll get into some of the specifics. Right. And then we have some teasers for senior season two and everything like that. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the history of Cedar City, some of the buildings in Cedar City, and this great YouTube series that features them, which is called Main Street Minute. So you everybody can check it out uh, and really learn even more. Um, it's time for our first musical break. So this week I was looking for Utah songs. And I was looking for things that have to do with home in some way, since we're talking about home. And I found um, a band called Shallow Lenses, um, which is a band I didn't know. And they have a song that is actually called Cedar City, Utah. So we're going to check out that song. You're listening to KSUU Thunder Thunder 91.1.
found that valley, but we couldn't stay for long. They hacked my email and the sheriff drove me home. But in my room that night I had a simple dream. A golden highway stretching out in front of me. Okay, well, welcome back, everyone. You're listening to KSUU Thunder 91.1. That song was called Cedar City, Utah. So Cedar City, UT. And the band is Shallow Lenses. Um, and just as a reminder, if you're interested in any of the music that you hear on the Apex Hour, uh, you can go to our website, which is seu.edu slash Apex. And there is a Spotify public playlist there that's called Played on Apex Hour. So you can check out all the music from the show. Today, we are talking about Cedar City, Utah. And I am here with Ryan Paul and Wyatt Eiler. Welcome back into the studio. We're talking about Main Street Minutes, the YouTube series that they produce and curate um, that you can find that really celebrates different uh, events and uh, architecture in Cedar City. So I'd love to, before we get into playing one and talking a little bit about one, talk about how the storytelling aspect uh, came about and feels because it seems like you two are just natural storytellers. So how do you feel about, I mean, is that, um, of course, it's a conscious part of it, but tell me a little bit about what the storytelling means to you, you know, both the verbal storytelling and the visual storytelling as well. I think for me, uh, I've always been a talk out loud writer. So generally when I write anything, I, I read it out loud for one, oh. one for edit, you know, cause you always notice the extra commas or where a comma needs to be or whatever. I write as if I'm speaking. So one of the things that I've done in, in my writing in pretty much everything I write is I write it, I read it out loud, um, because I can catch more things, but also there's a certain cadence mm. to the way I, I want to, to do my writing and, I guess in some cases that would be less formal or academic, but I really think that that writing should flow as one speaks in some ways. That's how I feel yeah. personally. So when I have the content and I have the the, the we, we talk about the story that we want to tell and, and the thread, I generally write something and to where I'm somewhat satisfied and then I send it to Wyatt and Wyatt's an amazing editor, not just visually, but with text as well. And he'll respond back and say, Hey, I, I don't understand this. Or can we clarify this differently? Or what are you really trying to say here? And, and then I take that and we just kind of go from there and then use that as a, a launching pad, if you will, for oh, the, cool. the episode. Well, that's and the interesting thing about that particular process is Maria Twitchell, uh, the director of tourism, 
she's got the, and what she calls it is if, if I can't hear it in Ryan's voice, then, then I send it back. Oh. You know, it's that kind of idea. And so I will usually take that first pass and then send it back to Ryan and he'll send me back. And then I, that's when I hand it off to Maria who acts as our producer. And so the, I mean, she'll read through it and usually what it is, she'll come back, she'll either sit on the desk and say, I just got a couple of questions or she'll just, she'll just say, go. And that's, that's the, the moment where we're like, great. Now we can really get into this. And most of the times we shoot uh, to get Ryan's on camera stuff, you know, we're, we're down on main street at six 30 in the morning. Oh my uh, gosh. <laughs> where we did find out that every cement truck in town uh, <laughs> drives by uh, on main street at about that time of, of day. Oh my gosh. So, uh, so we've had some interesting challenges there, but the cool thing for me is I get to take the script. So when I get that script and as we're figuring out when we're going to go film Ryan, um, I take that and I start digging through the archives to find what I can see, you know, what visually I can use to help tell that story. But I don't end up picking anything. I don't choose any of those images until after I've seen the way Ryan actually presents the oh, material on camera. Oh, okay. Because that, that it, it changes the mood. Yeah, you know? right. And Ryan sets that tone. Um, and, you know, we, we use the same music that we've got for all of them. You know, it's kind of, you know, a little nice little tune. Yeah. But uh, the idea for me as a, as a visual storyteller is to take what Ryan has done and the mood that he has set in the way that he's speaking mm. and then match whatever, what the images that I can find to fit that particular mood. Oh, I love that. Well, I think that's how we, I mean, the initial first season was really content that we knew we had mm -hmm. pretty much easy access to as far as the, the written material. Either I had already written it other forms and just had to be edited or compiled. And also we had been around long enough to know that, Things like the Hotel El Escalante, we could find lots of pictures. Mm -hmm. You know, so we yeah. tried to choose things early on that we knew we could get some episodes out of the gate fairly quickly, right? Uh, before, without having to dig into more esoteric forms of storytelling. Right. And so the photos mostly come from the archive at the Tourism Bureau. Are you? You said you were digging into newspaper. Tell me about where the material, the visual material, comes from. Absolutely. So most of the images actually come. Ryan's got a, an excellent co collection from his time at Frontier Homestead. But I also work very closely with Paula Mitchell here at uh, the SUU Library. Right. And, uh, you know, the special collections is just a treasure trove of, yes. of amazing, amazing images and documents and whatnot. And then uh, Ryan turned me on to the uh, Utah Digital Newspaper Archive. And, I mean, the the wealth of history that is contained just in those articles is just amazing. Yeah. And it's a riot to go through them. Um, and, and, and in some cases, it's actually very touching. Mm. Um, you know, and I told Ryan, I said, I, f I find that I tend to look at the newspapers that are around Christmas time oh, really? for whatever reason, you know, uh. as I'm just kind of perusing through things. And I found one um, from the Vietnam era. And there was an ad in that in one of these papers. And it just all it was what said and it was uh, Merry Christmas and then had a, a list of names. Love, Dad in Vietnam. Oh. And for whatever reason that, I mean, that just really stuck with me and, and it still is. And it's a story that I want to, you know, I want to know, is there more story behind that? What other stories can we tell? Mm. Um, but interestingly enough for me personally, I thought, well, if there's a digital newspaper archive for the Iron County record, well, what about the Davis County Clipper where I grew up? Oh. And so I started looking back at where I grew up. And found stories that included, you know, my f my family or friends or whatnot. Yeah. And discovering things that I didn't know about the place that I had lived for, you know, twenty years of my life. Oh, that's so cool! So it's a it's a all Utah digital newspaper library. Is it assess Is it public? Yeah. 
It's, wow. yeah, it's, it's called the Utah Digital Newspapers, and it's run out of the U. Okay. And they have digitized. We the SUU gave the Iron County Records, and they've digitized, I don't know, what, 90? A lot. Oh, a yeah. lot of newspapers from from almost the beginning of newspaper publication until, I don't know, that probably ends like the 80s, maybe? Yeah, it's mid-80s. I think 83 or 84. So the Iron County Record really is a, a wealth of knowledge. And, and you can just you can select all. Like if you want to see how... Like if you just typed in Utah Shakespeare Festival, for example, right, and just clicked all, it would have every ad in every newspaper, every article written, or you could just go to the Iron County Record and click that. Uh, it really can be a rabbit a rabbit hole in, in things that you find. <laughs> in the best you of just ways, find yeah. amazing commentary, amazing letters to the editor. Uh, it's just it's really incredible and and massively time consuming. Wow, that's so cool. And one one additional question: How do you has your view on storytelling or your um, your way of storytelling changed at all because of this process or because of this series? Do you do things differently now than you did say a year ago because of Main Street Minutes? If I think differently, in the sense of I. I I have a greater sense of urgency, mm-hmm. and and this is where Wyatt and I have this all the, this conversation about we got to move on this, we got to move on this. But the reality is, you know, we have other jobs and and other things, and other commitments, and 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 Maria is very amazingly patient and brilliant in what she does. But but I think that I, it's caused me to think differently about this community in a broader context. That that once you start peeling back the onion of the past. It's amazing what you can find. And, and even though you may not find what you want or what you think you may find or something that is really, truly revolutionary, it, it broadens your understanding of, of who you are and what your place is here. I mean, mm-hmm. as we talked about earlier today, I think place is really critical. And mm-hmm. what reading these newspaper articles and doing these things is, uh, is really an understanding of a place and how it forms a person. Ah, oh, beautiful. Right? So. And I and I I feel very similarly. And for me, it's 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 an extended awareness. And you know, when I joined the tourism office, you know, part of my the my my personal mission there was I needed to see what Cedar City really had to offer. I'd lived here for a long time, but I'd kind of fallen into my pattern, you know, and I right. I'd stuck to those things that that I was comfortable with, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And so for me, what the idea of the Main Street Minute is is that notion of there's so many stories. And everybody has that story, and those stories need to be. And I and I don't use that word need lightly. They need to be available. They need to be out there. And you know, I shared this at, at, uh, earlier today, but that to have people connect, you know, whether it's through Facebook, whether it's through an email or whatnot, to, to share a story that has come from something that we have shared. You know, that's that's when I feel like we've really had an impact and had an effect on what we're trying to do with the series. Because you've had people write to you mm-hmm. who have unearthed a bit of their own childhood because of a story, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we had a, you know, I had a, a actually, it's a, a relative write, write back and say, I remember this from when I was a kid and you, you just took me back to my childhood, you know? And, and, and in fact, I think it was this story about the, 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 the Cedar Sheep Association um, is that was the one that she had commented on about. I remember this as a kid. I remember, you know, the things that we'd have to do is, you know, going to the butcher shop and all these other things. And so it was a way for her to reconnect with those things that she hadn't really thought about in, in quite some time. And, and then she able was, you know, she shared that with me, which, was was great. Beautiful. And what's exciting is is that it's it's exciting to see 
Look, anytime anybody's talking about history, it's exciting to me. We talk about monuments and, and all this other stuff, what's happening in the world today. So anytime we talk about history, it's exciting. And, and I'm always amazed that our history classes aren't more full. <laughs> you know, the, with the brilliance of this faculty, yeah. myself excluded. But, yeah. but, but I'm surprised that we're not as people you, know, you see on Facebook. Well, I was never taught this in history class. Well, you weren't in a history class that I was in. Right. And, and we have an amazing group. So what's exciting for Wyatt and for me is that we see things that we hadn't thought about before yeah. in a different context. And, it, and to watch him get excited about it, because, look, I'm a history nerd anyway, but to see him get excited about it. And there are many late night phone calls, middle of the day, early morning. Dude, you got on. Did you see this? You know, I just read this. And, and to see these things, this is a text I got from Wyatt on Monday. <laughs> By the way, Halloween 1967, the Cedar Theater had a midnight showing of The Pit and the Pendulum starring Vincent Price. Also, the drive-in was showing The Night of the Grizzly. Oh, that so is So he's looking at old movie of movie <laughs> yeah. things in, in the Iron County record of what's happening in the community. And to see that – and that, I do the same thing. Like I'll call Wyatt and say, boy, you got to hear this story. Or I'll be, I'll be writing and, and researching and think, Wyatt's going to love this. Yeah. This is going to be great. And, yeah. uh, and it's – so it leads to – and the frustrating thing really is, Lynn, is that Wyatt never answers his phone. So I am not a phone answerer. For, for, I'll call him and it'll ring and ring and ring. And so you have many, to, I'm a good texter. To, yeah. He's a great texter. Oh, see? There you go. But that's exciting to see this to, – to learn these stories and see these things. Things that are so – in many people on mundane and irrelevant about what movies were showing. But it really means something. Well, I'll tell you what's exciting is uh, being in a room with your guys' enthusiasm and curiosity. So I am loving that. That is so cool. Well, you mentioned the Sheep Association, and we have an episode uh, to, to play the audio from. And I'd love for you to maybe kind of give us a little backup and background on that and, and tell us a little bit about what we're going to hear. Well, so I'm going to tell you a little bit from the production side of it because it's a it's – a, this was one where Ryan, you know, when he put the script together, it was like, this is a great script. I have no idea what I'm going to show. Um, there are a lot of good images, but the story, and you'll find as we, as we go through it, kind of weaves in an interesting way. And Ryan says, well, hey, what if we shot this first piece with me out by a bunch of sheep? And so well, I'm like, I'm so in. Let's do this. <laughs> and so we went out and, and the sheep were not cooperative. <laughs> um, no matter <laughs> correct. They didn't have their union. No, they, no. But uh, you know, if you look carefully, they are in the background of the shot. But uh, <laughs> you know, we're not just standing by the freeway. And but that was again. You know, I talk about this idea of the tone that's that's set. And this one became more of you know what? It's this great building that's become a historical landmark on our main street. You know, Bullock Drug. Oh, you know, right. it's it's kind of that centerpiece of downtown. But there's so much more that goes into what created that building. And, you know, and credit to Evan Vickers and that family of, of recreating the building as it was. Right. Um, and it's, you know, now it's being used. At, it's a drugstore and you got the amazing, you know, floats and whatnot you can get there. So Yeah, fountain yeah. and the whole bit. So just some back, some backstory. Cedar City is founded in 1851 and uh, to mine iron, right, to produce iron. And then a little something happens, which I'm glad the phones are off the hook, called the Mountain Meadows Massacre. And the population of Cedar City after Mountain Meadows goes from 1,000 to 300 for a variety of reasons. Okay. And the iron mission closes and people just leave. And the one thing that kept Cedar City around was sheep. 
a little bit of cattle, but mostly sheep. I, I refer to it as a saving grace. Sheep are the saving grace of Cedar City. Wow. And so it's it's this little burgeoning sheep industry that keeps people around until the school comes, till the mines open, till the trains come. So sheep are critical to this story. And that's kind of where we lead into the co-op. Okay. Well, this is the audio from the Main Street Minutes episode about our sheep co-op. Check it out. Many of the original settlers of Cedar City came from the shops, mines, and factories of the British Isles and found life in the southern Utah desert challenging and isolating. Early reliance on home-produced goods was essential, and sheep became a saving grace for this community. The first 10 head of sheep came to Cedar City in 1862, and soon nearly every household in the community had acquired a few in order to produce the wool needed to spin clothing for the family. Eventually, local neighborhoods became overwhelmed with the space needed to care for these sheep, and a community herd was formed. Located on Cedar Mountain, this herd was brought to town once a year for shearing, and by 1869 held over 2,000 head of sheep. A co-op the Cedar Sheep Association was formed to help manage the growth and profits of the herd. And in 1881, they built this building. The annual shearing of the co-op herd was a big event, and after the wool needs of the community were met, the remainder was sorted, packed, and transported up to Provo or Salt Lake City. There, the surplus wool was traded for hardware, food items, and other consumer goods, and brought back to Cedar City for sale at the Cedar Sheep Association store. Instead of receiving cash based on their share of the herd, stockholders could withdraw their dividend in merchandise. Additionally, each week, the Sheep Association drove 25 to 30 old ewes to town where they would be processed by the local butcher in the basement of the store and distributed to co-op members. In 1917, the community herd was disbanded but the store remained and, in fact, an extension was built to the south with a large arch connecting the buildings. The upstairs of the new building served as the offices of many medical professionals. In 1934, the Thornton Drug Store opened. In 1955, it became known, and still is, as Bullock Drug. The 1960s saw the addition of a cafe and soda fountain, making Bullock's one of the most popular stops on Main Street. In 1999, Evan and Chris Vickers purchased the building and restored the historic structure. Okay, well, that was the of- uh, the Main Street Minutes audio for uh, their episode talking about the sheep co-op. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about it. So. How was it doing that episode? What else did you find out? I didn't know any of that history before hearing it. Were you surprised by it or was it history you already sort of knew? Well, for me, again, you know, this is a process of discovery, you know, and it's that opportunity for me to see more about the town in which I live. And, uh, you know, when Ryan started talking to me about, oh, yeah, this, you know, above, that's where the, that's where the doctors were. And I'm, I, all I can think about is, wait a minute, a friend of mine had an apartment up there during college. You know, yeah. What do you mean that's where the doctors were? And, and so I love that idea of seeing how this space continued to have use and utility regardless of the time frame. Yeah. And if you get a chance to actually watch the video, when we talk about the Thornton drugstore, that is one of my favorite photos that we've got because it's kind of this 
classic 1950s style. I mean, it, it was just beautiful. It's a beautiful yeah. photo. And it, and it really shows kind of the vibrancy of what that area was. And then you take it forward today to, to see what it has become. Mm-hmm. It is still that, it still has that vibrancy and that energy. And really, like I said before, supplies our downtown with something. It gives it an iconic structure and place to be. Yeah, it's a really special location, and I I just didn't know that it had all those different things, and you know what what were all those different things to so many um, people, and in so many different parts. And we should say that our celebration of sheep in Cedar City continues to this day, and I think we have something big coming up, which is a favorite annual event. Absolutely, and that's next weekend, I believe. This is the sixteenth this weekend, right? Yeah, so next weekend. Uh, the Livestock and Heritage Festival. And um, as part of that last year, um, Kaylee Pickering and I, Kaylee Pickering is our uh, social media manager at the tourism office. We got to spend a lot of time on the mountain uh, with uh, Catherine Howe's, uh, Carolyn Howe, excuse me, Carolyn Howe's uh, sheep. And I'm not a sheep guy. I'm not from (laughs) the, the rural area. And so this was all new to me. But to watch all these people work so well and so in tandem was I mean it was fascinating to me. So me as you know with my camera in my hand, I mean I I have so much footage from from this opportunity to follow these as they the shepherds yeah. taking care of their sheep as they pulled them off the mountain in preparation for uh, the sheep parade. And we actually we even strapped a GoPro to one of the sheep. You uh, did? Oh yeah. Um and we got some interesting footage off that one. And <laughs> okay. I felt bad for the sheep because uh the apparatus that it was was on them seemed to frighten the other sheep. So we'd made that poor sheep a little pariah as it was, you know, not able to be, you know, (laughs) included in the group. But it it was, you know, it's, I love the fact that uh, we have these, these things that honor our heritage and in ways that uh, people who are not from here, I stood by a guy from New York last year and he's like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Yeah. Um, Well, and for anybody listening who maybe doesn't know what it is, can you give us a little outline of what the sheep parade is? Oh man. So the sheep parade, it's an opportunity for uh, to kind of showcase what it is to live here in, in Cedar City as a rural community. And so not only do we get to see a lot of the, the tractors and the things that, uh, that are used out on the farm or uh, out on the ranch, whatever it might be, we see the, the trailers that are used, uh, the, you know, the camp trailers. But, of course, the, the, the pinnacle of the parade is, is when the sheep themselves come down Main Street. Yeah. And that's, pretty, that's a pretty amazing thing to see. It's a sea of sheep for anybody who has not experienced it. And I'm sure there are photos online, but it is one of our special traditions here in Cedar City. I also like that part of the the festival is uh, – they they often I don't know if they do it every year, but they have the the sheepdog competitions mm-hmm. out at the farm, and and I have a border collie and Australian Shepherd um, at home, and so we love to check out what the dogs are doing, and it's just amazing how those working dogs. I mean, they are really skilled. So, well, cool. It's time for another song for us. Um, I'm gonna play a, a Harry Styles song. I was looking for things that could represent cedar or home, and this song is actually titled Canyon Moon and we are known for our canyons and also incredible moon watching so this is Canyon Moon by Harry Styles you're listening to KSUU Thunder 91.1 Gotta see it to believe it 
Sky never looked so blue So hard to leave it That's what I always do So I keep thinking back to The time under the canyon The world's happy waiting Doors yellow, broken blue I heard Jenny saying Go get the kids from school And I keep thinking back to The time under the canyon Well, welcome back. So that was Canyon Moon by Harry Styles. Uh, You're listening to the Apex Hour, KSUU Thunder 91.1. Today, we are talking about all things Cedar Cedar City history. I'm joined in the studio with Ryan Paul and Wyatt Eiler. Welcome back. And we are going to talk about um, how I was curious how your project, I asked you early kind of like how it's changed your storytelling. But one other thing I was sort of curious is, is from a topical standpoint or from a, a thinking standpoint, what surprised you? Um, I know we talked a lot about how the power of community over self has been such a thread through mm-hmm. almost every story. And I wonder, did it start? I mean, were you aware of that when you started or did that, was that something that emerged as you produced them? Well, I think it, it certainly came out as a, originally, as I said, Janet's book, that's the subtitle community of self. And, and, and it's, it's something that you think about in some way that, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Right. But if you think about what happens 
what what it means to be part of a community. A community, by definition, is a collection of people who are in some way together, right? I mean, the whole founding of our country, the whole founding of our whole idea is that we are willing to give up something for the greater good, right? That, that's the fundamental formation of a successful family even right. or a successful relationship, right? That your needs matter more to me in some ways than my own. So I think that as we think about the broader aspect of community, we see a variety of opportunities and a variety of times when people think of the civic good mm. as as a more important thing than the individual personal good. So, for example, uh, Francis Webster, who's a founder of, of this community in many ways, he's fairly wealthy. He ends up, he could easily travel the plains on a, on a wagon, but he ends up not buying that for his family and spending money to get a lot of other people in handcarts, the Wiley, Willie Martin Handcart Company, which, you know, doesn't go over so well. But anyway, it gets people here. And it's this idea of we're willing to mortgage our home or to go without for this greater thing, you know, for a, for a federal post office building, which is incredible, for a Shakespeare festival, for a, a university, right? Back up the mountain. It's all about these stories of people who say, I am willing to put something off for the immediate time for the greater good. Yeah. And it seems that Cedar City is, I mean, I know a lot of communities have this, but it seems like it's especially powerful in the Cedar City history. And I wonder if it's um, something we touched on earlier, how, you know, one generation would see their parents before yeah. them helping. And so then therefore, they sort of found their project to help with and, and that that's sort of a thread. Um, I wonder if it's, do you, do you feel like it's unique to our community or somehow more amplified? Well, I think that, uh, you know, there's certainly a recognition. And so, um, which does amplify it. And, you know, when we first started the Main Street Minutes, our first one was the El Escalante Hotel. Mm -hmm. And it's got a great story in and of itself, but the structure ex does no longer exists. Right. Um, and, you know, and it's tied in really with the railroad history, with the Hollywood history of Cedar City. But um, when we looked at, well, we had it in the can, it was ready to go. And we thought, well, is this the right story to launch the series with? And so we we went back and recorded some more and did some additional additional work before we put this put the series actually out there. And that's when we we kind of started following that idea of community above self, and that thread more or less pulled itself out. And so, does is is, is Cedar City unique in this way? I, you know, I think there are other communities that have it, but I don't think that there. Are, I love the way that Cedar has taken the opportunity to embrace it. Yeah. And that's the thing I think that is different in a lot of communities. It's, oh yeah, that's part of our history. That's part of the thing. But no, we, it's, it is this, it is a thread that holds things together here. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, I go to city council meetings and you, you know, there's opposition on, you know, arguments and this, and that, and the other, but ultimately what it comes down to is community. Right. And you see that expressed in so many different ways. You know, I talked about the mountain bike uh, trails um, and I've, was just looking through my Instagram feed uh, not too long ago and they had uh, one of the schools posted a bunch of pictures from their trip to uh, Cedar Breaks. Oh yeah. And you know, and, but to, to see the, the stories that these kids want to share and the pictures that were meaningful to them, yeah. they're tying into this community and perhaps not even realizing that they're sharing some of these foundational, uh, just by going to these places, they're sharing in that foundational theme. 
Well, one of the things that's so cool about your series is that there's really something for everyone, right? We just look, we just were talking about sheep and farming and, and then there's, uh, you know, we saw some episodes earlier about uh, the bank and economic crisis and that kind of thing. And then there's Hollywood and actors and all of that. And I mean, that's one of the things that I think is really fun is that you can dig into the series and find something for whatever your interest is. Like, I was so uh, transfixed by the Hollywood aspect and, and had no idea the importance of the railroad and its relationship to here. And I wondered if you could just um, sort of amplify that a little bit. And some of the other, you know, Hollywood things that were uh, going to happen here or stories from here. Well, I think that the way I think about it in terms of our local history, right, there are really five themes Everything that, that we do can really be limited to five themes, right? Mining, certainly. Education, whether it's the university or any other kind. Recreation, and I picture natural wonders and those kinds of things. Uh, agriculture, which I include sheep and cattle and farming and hay stuff. And tourism, in, in which I include the railroad, right? These are the five real pillars of Iron County. And everything is viewed through that, including how you believe in God and everything else is focused on those specific things. So yeah. the train really is critical to pretty much every single one of those stories, wow. right? And, 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 and how they develop, whether it's, and the other thing that I think is we've been talking about, interestingly enough, is that we look at these big things happening that, that it's not a consensus, right? I don't want to have the idea that, that Cedar City was this place where everyone <laughs> just said, yes, my personal needs don't matter. Yeah. I'll do whatever you want, community people. Right, right. It really was this idea that, that there were people who, who either caught the vision late or, or, or never caught the vision at all uh, or, or came dragging along. But what's interesting is if you trace these stories back, there's usually just one or two people who say, we need to make this happen. Whether mm -hmm. it's the bank, whether it's the university, whether it's the, the Hollywood and the national parks, Gronway and Chauncey Perry, there's always Fred Adams. Mm -hmm. There's always one person who has this vision but may not have – the rest of the skill set to put it together. And they spend a little bit of time. I mean, the, the challenge of history is we, we teach it so quickly and everyone wants on demand, right? This happened, then this happened, then this happened. Elvis walks into Sun Studios, records, you know, that's all right, mama. And next thing you know, he's a, he's a <laughs> national star. Right. Well, there right. are years in between there, right. right? Where he doesn't know anything. He's still a poor white boy from, from Mississippi. Yeah. So my point is, is that, that the exciting thing about discovering this is that we can able to fill in these gaps and tell these stories where here's the visionary, you know, and they have this idea, but there's not a lot of support. And eventually they end up being amazing things. Well, so with the Hollywood aspect specifically, you know, I, this was something I wasn't really exposed to. And I'm like, well, okay, you know, I, when I think of Hollywood in Utah, I think, you know, like I think you had mentioned Kanab yeah. and, um, you know, little Hollywood over there and, and that aspect. Um, but you know, I got to watch Union Pacific, which I'd never seen before. And, you know, that was all the exteriors were filmed, you know, just west of Cedar City. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Can't Help Singing, which I had never seen before. Watched that um, when we were producing this this story um, about the Cedar Theater. And, you know, it's spectacularly beautiful and the way it, it showcases our area. And Ryan uh, actually took me over and said, let's, let's find this path. We need to kind of... We've got the depot. We want to, and so we actually we grabbed a map, and we went and walked the tracks, where they were, where they are, oh, and wow. you know, and so it was it was kind of this weird step back into history of of 
what would this have looked like as the train pulled into town with all the with the Hollywood movie stars, with the crew, oh. you know, loading up and then pulling all their equipment out. It's, you know, there at the at the at the depot or one of the freight buildings that used to be there. All the, the you know, the the big wigs and the and the stars are yeah. you know, uh, staying there at the El Escalante and you know, what would that have looked like? And so to inform our storytelling, I mean, I, I find that I get wrapped up into those things. Oh, yeah. And so I, I mean, that, that walk, that just walking that, that railroad path, you know, you talk about what's changed for me. I'm like, well, I have a, this whole new perspective. Yeah. I have this whole new idea. And what does it mean for the people, right? I mean, when President Harding comes to town, it's a huge deal, right? The only sitting president ever to come to Cedar City uh, is, is comes comes to town to go to Zion. And you read the the – the editorials before that. And there's all these people saying, we're overgrown with weeds. We got to dig the ditches out. And and then he comes in and they're covering main street with, with flower petals. Uh. So his car tires don't touch the ground. <laughs> oh my I mean, it's amazing to think about how transformative the train is. And then how these people really embrace it and, and form a whole community around this idea of, of film, of tourism, of the national parks. And what's exciting in America is all of this is coming online at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Cedar City is the focal point of this. Wow. And it's so transformational. They really put flower petals on yeah. Main Street for yeah. the car? They, they put, I mean, because it's the president of the United States. And and then he, he goes down to Zion, uh, and it's a whole other, I mean, it's a whole other story, story. And comes back. And uh, and he gives the, the typical speech like, oh, it's the most amazing thing. You pioneers are great, which you'd think a president, a politician would do, right? Yeah. And But what we know is because of the Iron County record is from there he goes up to Yellowstone. And the Yellowstone superintendent is livid because all <laughs> President Harding talks about is how cool Zion and Cedar City was. Oh, my gosh. So my, my point is, is that it is just an incredible source of material to have these things. And, and even the imagery of, you know, they write as the train was pulling away and God had held the gusts of wind away so Harding <laughs> could go. And then you hear this one lone man start singing, God be with you till we meet again. And then the chorus of people of Cedar City join in as the president president's train goes down the tracks and as soon as he comes out of sight god releases the winds of heaven and the weeds <laughs> blow and the dust comes again no way so, so is this a, it was a news article or uh-huh. yeah oh yeah. my so, gosh i, mean, it's, I it's, love it and it's, it's not just the event it's the writing and how yeah. they're just, because we're not visual people back then we're right. we're still writing so that is fantastic i love all of that well, the next thing, and probably the last thing as our, our hour has flown by, is what is the future of Main Street Minutes? What's up next? What's coming? So uh, like we talked about earlier today, our big thing right now um, is we're working on a five-part series for the Utah Shakespeare Festival. Five parts. Yes. And they um, our typical episodes are three to four minutes is kind of our range. Um, this will be a, a slightly longer format. Um, production. Um, and we're going to take it in Main Street Minute style. We're going to talk about that community that forms to c- help create what has become the Utah Shakespeare Festival. And so that's kind of the big one on our plate. But uh, one of the other ones that we're we're going to be doing, the Canaraville All-Women Fire Department, um, we're looking at stories at Brian Head. Uh, we've had a couple of stories out of, out of Parowan. And initially, we had, uh, uh, had kind of centered everything around a structure. And one of the things that we've been talking a lot more about is, you know, telling stories of some of the people that are involved there. So we're looking at doing one on Randall Jones uh-huh. um, and perhaps uh, uh, 
Paulina uh, Phelps Lyman. Is that right? That's right. correct. And, and one of the initial series was Helen Foster Snow. Yes. So right. kind of modeled after that mm-hmm. thing as well. And then, yeah, sorry. And Helen Foster Snow, who, for those who haven't um, heard, you know, was part of the, the gung-ho movement mm-hmm. and, and all of that. And so the, the fat kind of... Uh, initiating of that word into our culture from that time and her work with uh, with the Chinese culture and all of those things. I mean, I know about that because I spent time on the Dream of Helen project in, in Wuhan. So it's great to sort of revisit that for a moment. So you guys have a ton coming up. That's awesome. Yeah, I think we came up with, with after season one, we sat down in the history department and came up with like 30. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then we broke down into, not broke, we, we broke down. We did and then break we, down a Once bit. we recovered, we we added we prioritized and and so that there are a lot on the plate and there are many more many more stories we would love to tell and that's the incredible thing Lynn, yeah is that that the more stories you find that's the secret of Cedar City yeah is that there are many stories that haven't been told yet yeah so that that's I think a pretty amazing thing and a pretty amazing responsibility to tell the story. Those are the secrets, the secrets yet to be told. I love that. Well, I usually end with one sort of fun question. And this question <laughs> is, um, what's turning you on this week? And it, it can be anything. It doesn't have to be related to research. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. It can be a book you're reading. It could be a TV show. It could be a movie. It could be food. It could be anything you want. But the question is, what's turning you on this week? So, Whoever's got one, I'll let you go first. But Ryan and Wyatt, what's turning you on this week? I'm I'm in. It's okay. So I just finished a an, an advanced reader copy of Todd Peterson's new book, Picnic in the Ruins. Oh yes. And um, it's it's a great story, first off, but it's also one that asks a lot of really great questions, and they pertain to the industry I'm in. And so it uh, uh, it was one that I, I said to to Maria. I said, I think you should take a look at this book. Yeah. And so she, you know, had an opportunity to read that. And so that is, and I'm looking forward to you know further discussions and things about the themes that he talks about in that book. And, you know, and it's and it's a great Coen Brothers style yeah. storytelling there in in the way that uh, he approaches the the material. But it's it's fa- it was fascinating read, a lot of fun to read, and uh, that's what's turning me on right now. That's great. One of our own, one of our own faculty members who we just absolutely adore, Todd Peterson, and the book's title is Picnic in the Ruins. Correct. Is that right? Correct. Okay, great. All right, Ryan, what's turning you on this week? What's turning me on this week <laughs> is the rediscovery of a song that comes back to me every year or so, maybe every two years, The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald okay. by Gordon Lightfoot. Gordon Lightfoot. And if you want to hear amazing storytelling that will lead you down an incredible mental and spiritual rabbit hole, (laughs) The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. You should listen to it right now. Oh my gosh. Well, how can we end on a better note? That is absolutely fantastic. Well, the show that we've been talking about is Main Street Minutes, and you can find it on YouTube. Um, You can also look at the Cedar City Tourism website uh, and visit Visit Cedar City, Brian Head. Visit CedarCity.com. Okay, visit CedarCity.com, and you can find more about it there. These guys also give walking tours of Cedar City, so uh, if that's something you're interested in, that sounds like a blast to me. Um, but with that, we will we will sign off. I'd, I'd love to just say thank you so much to uh, Ryan and to Wyatt for being here today. Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks, Lynn. It's been awesome. 
All right. Well, with that, if I can get my computer to start here, we will sign off and we will see you very soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Apex Hour here on KSUU Thunder 91.1. Come find us again next Thursday at 3 p.m. for more conversations with the visiting guests at Southern Utah University and new music to discover for your next playlist. And in the meantime, we would love to see you at our events on campus. To find out more, check out suu.edu slash apex. Until next week, this is Lynn Vartan saying goodbye from the Apex Hour here on Thunder 91.1.